Hi, my name is Deborah Ogden and I would like to welcome you to On Brand With. Through this podcast, I want to bring you into my world of personal brand and impact and hopefully bring it to life through the experiences of me and my guests. Over the coming episodes, I will talk to a range of people I know and admire and ask them about the different ways they use their personal brand, the positive benefits it can bring and what best practice looks like in the real world. So, um, today's guest is David Threlfall Sykes Mm. and David is Marketing and Communications Director at Huddersfield Town Football Club. And different to some of my guests so far that I've known really well, David and I have known each other a long time, (laughs) but I wouldn't say we know each other that well, although we've got very parallel lives in some ways. Would you agree? Absolutely. uh, Thank you for having me on, first of all. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we've known each other for a long time now, haven't we? But I suppose not in a professional capacity, more just a a friendly one, really, because obviously, as I'm sure everyone will know, I I probably know your husband better because of his ways worked with Radio Leeds as long as I've been here. It's my 15th season and Oggy's been a a familiar face through that. So Actually, some people won't know that, so uh, I'll I'll, uh, confess that uh, (laughs) interest. So my husband covers Huddersfield Town and has done for far too many years <laughs> to remember uh, for BBC Radio Leeds and that's how Dave and I know each other. Indeed, yeah. So yeah, so, yeah in, a, in a professional capacity, probably more so recently, I would say. We seem to be crossing paths more and more, which has been lovely. So the reason I asked Dave to be a guest on the podcast is... I know from my background of media manager at Old Trafford Cricket Ground Mm. that the crucial part of my role there was to match the right personal brand, to have that understanding of the individual to match the sponsor, the interview, Mm. the event, and ensure that they are demonstrating their own personal brand, but also towing the party line a little bit Mm. and communicating the club's the club's brand so that's that's sort of my thinking behind the conversation today Mm. so uh, first of all congratulations (laughs) on the new role tell me tell me about that yeah so I uh the midpoint of October I got appointed to the board of directors here which is still a bit surreal when I say it but I'm now marketing communications director as you said uh like I said before this is my 15th season so I came uh straight out of university my family are all Huddersfield Town fans, so I'm incredibly fortunate, as am I, I am as well, I must say. So I'm really fortunate that I've, my whole professional working life has been at my football club, in essence, which I started, uh, I left university, I went to Leeds in economics, and I applied for a job here simply because I'd seen it on the website looking as a fan, and it was a six-month marketing placement to do with the uh, Yorkshire Building Society were on the front of the shirts at that point, yeah, yeah. and it was to do with that sponsorship, and I thought, well, I'll apply for it, and if... It's six months. If I hate it, I can always say I've worked at my football club and then go and have a real career somewhere, you know, and then I'm still here. So that's 14, that, yeah, which 15 is, years which, later, which is crazy, really. And it, it's I've been really fortunate in one sense in that the club has, has grown immeasurably almost since that point. So we just got promoted back out of League Two following the administration. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a, a really difficult, dark time for the club. And then and, and I came in in the first season in League One, I believe it was off memory. Um, and from that point onwards, obviously, we've been right through to the Premier League and now back in the Championship again. But the 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 way the club has grown has 
offered me opportunities to change what I do day to day. So I started off in a marketing placement and then I went into the press office. I then did comms manager. I was then given marketing to kind of add to my Mm -hmm. role and then this as well, which I'm hugely grateful to Dean Hoyle in particular, uh, who I learned an awful lot from under his 10 years as chairman. And then I'm obviously massively grateful to Phil Hodgkinson, the new chairman as well, who's shown a lot of faith in me at a time where, a bit like you in that sense, I knew Phil as someone that worked with the football club as a sponsor. Yeah. Uh, But not too well, you know, we we knew each other to talk to, we'd worked Mm -hmm. together on specific things, but not overly well. And the faith he's shown in me since he has come in in the summer has just been a continuation of how fortunate I was with Dean. And then he asked me to join the board um, I can't remember the exact date, but uh, October. And obviously I jumped at the chance. I mean, it's it's a dream for me. You know? Absolutely. I, I, I'm very lucky. I know uh, a lot of people work be- to earn money, if that makes sense. Obviously, there's that aspect for <laughs> me, but I really love what I do. You know, I'm a, I'm a fan. And the the ability to actually affect what happens at my club on a day-to-day basis, I count my blessings every day. It's, yeah. it's nuts, really. But, yeah. You know, that's really interesting. So you've ended up in your dream job. Mm. And in some ways, didn't fall into it because you were looking, but it came yeah. across it. Yeah. But one of the things when I'm talking to people about their brand and their career is having that clarity of, do you know where you're going? Mm. But I suppose you might argue in, in some ways that you didn't have that clarity at the start. And But would you say, so you talked about you've been very fortunate, mm. but I'm sure Dean and Phil have recognize things in the way you go about your business that they have said you know there's something special here we're going to develop it i hope so yeah. uh, and I, I let's be fair i mean i'm not going to blow my own trumpet here, but if i was rubbish at what i did i probably wouldn't have been afforded the opportunities that i had so i'd like to think i've got some things right along the way and i would say i've got loads wrong as well and that's where the, we learn though isn't absolutely it? and i think the the beautiful thing about this club in whatever role you are in is that it affords you the opportunities to make mistakes on the proviso that you're making them for good reasons, if that makes sense. So we can try things here. It's what we do as a club, yeah. and a lot of what we try, we get right, and it becomes it what's what makes Huddersfield Town special. And you know, pedal for pounds, the launches tonight. And I think that's one great example of something that's not the norm for a football club, but actually it makes our club special. Yeah. Uh, equally, there's the, if you try things for the right reasons and they fail no one points the finger at you. The only time you'd ever get blamed is if you keep doing the same things wrong again and again, and that's quite oh, right. Yeah. I get that, and um, we have that conversation at home quite a lot. We always say, uh, you can't, you'll laugh at this, but you, you can't use the F word, and obviously you can't use the normal F word uh, <laughs> when I'm talking about our uh, son, Oscar, but the word that we're talking about when we say F is is fine. Right. Um, you can use, and somebody once said to me, oh, is it failure? And I said, no, there's no problem with failure as long as you're brave mm. and you you have a go at these things because that's how you grow. Mm. But actually, to be fine and mediocre, and I would think that Huddersfield Town are one of the, I think when we got into the, you know, I have to confess as a, as a fan here, I should just <laughs> admit this at this stage <laughs> and a season yeah. ticket holder, but you know, one thing that the club would never be as fine, you know, however wherever they sit in the um, football league, they are always going to be outstanding in some way. Mm. And for me, branding is about buying into the emotions. So whether that's buying into a personal brand, you buy, you know, it's cliche, people buy people, but you buy into that, those personal values, Mm. those personal traits. And what Huddersfield have done so successfully is 
create that emotion around the club yeah. um, through Pedal for Pounds, mm. the uh, fundraising event that has gone on through through Dean, wasn't it, over yeah. uh, through the cha previous chairman over the years, but also the uh, town foundation with the breakfast clubs and and the business community as well. There is yeah. so much that is so much more than the club. I think that's you're absolutely right, and obviously you, you know the club as well as anyone because <laughs> because you're a fan. But everything you just said there is what makes us different, and and footballs a. Uh, it's quite a unique entity in my experience in that when you talk about things like brand and, and things that you would talk about in any other business, sometimes it's almost frowned upon by supporters because it sounds like kind of almost like an Americanism, like a commercial speak. And you would never, ever, ever, and rightly so actually, refer to a Huddersfield Town fan as a customer. No. And in many ways, that interaction is similar. So people will come and buy tickets from us, buy things from the shop, like a customer would at Argos, for example, mm. or wherever. But it, there are words that you can't use in a football sphere, that, and rightly so, and I understand that coming as a football fan myself, mm. why not? But Huddersfield Town has a personal brand and, and mm. when you say personal it always makes you think of individual people but we almost treat Huddersfield Town like an individual in the way we speak about the club and That's almost like it's a living organism in that mm. in that sense so we if I can bore you with some background detail when I first came in we were under a this is my third chairman now so at the point uh, that I came in it's quite a difficult period for the club we had just been promoted from league two but we, we were in league one for quite a few years and there's quite a lot of apathy around the club at that point it felt directionless mm -hmm. um, there was a an idea to be a top 30 club but no real substance as to how we might achieve that okay. and we reached a point where when Dean Hoyle came in in 2008 as chairman elect it was a massive opportunity for us from a branding perspective and mm -hmm. actually from a uh, to try and find the club some purpose as well we knew Dean was a Huddersfield Town fan like we are mm -hmm. he just happened to be in a position where he could own the club and it, it was a real halcyon moment for us where we could we could really change what the club's brand was and how it yes. put itself out there. And um, there are 92 football clubs that are in that professional sphere in the EFL or the Premier League in the country. And at the core, we all do kind of the same thing. We all play football games. Got the we same all, product. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's weird because we don't really compete with each other off the field. You know, mm. you're either a Huddersfield Town fan or you're not. It's very, very unlikely that you're going to go and decide to support Bradford City tomorrow. Yeah. It might happen in the rare occasions, mm. but it's almost like that. People say it about building societies as well, don't they? You kind of pick one and stick with it for some reason, but yeah. football clubs even more so. Um, so you kind of take ideas from each other, but equally, what's our point of difference? Why would people who aren't perhaps diehard Huddersfield Town mm. fans care about the club? And I think, and we thought at that point, that it was a real opportunity for us to say what our brand is and what we stand for, and why would you have a connection with Huddersfield Town because you can't always win games. Mm -hmm. And if you're not winning games, why would you still feel like part, part of, of that it. club? Yeah, or, or an affiliation yeah. to that club. And we did a piece of work with Fantastic Media at the time. Yeah. We were, we were a, you know, a, a well-known yeah. co company to us, sponsored on the stand still. And we, we sat down in a room and on a very basic level, we said, what do Huddersfield Town fans identify as? What's their... Almost what's their brand? Why do they care about it's the their club? their values, isn't what it? their values, that's the word yeah. I'm looking for, yeah. And all the things that they kind of, we kind of listed were all the things that people from Yorkshire think they stand for. So so it was, uh, we don't want to say being cheap, so value <laughs> was the word we came up with that, but knowing what value looks like, basically. Uh, being honest, being forthright, mm -hmm. uh, doing the right thing, mm, you yeah. know, and, and all these things. And we said, actually, these are all the values that, 
as good Yorkshire folk we think we want to represent, you know. So that's where that whole Yorkshire club thing came from. It wasn't an attempt to annoy every other football fan of a Yorkshire team in the county, which it seemed to do as an offshoot, but it was to actually try and that's reconnect. That's a good brand though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, You yeah, know, it... you either buy into it, you know, you look at somebody like Donald Trump with mm. the brand that he's got, that his success, whether it's whether it's your brand or not, you know, it's, it's a polarising. It's polarising, yeah. absolutely. That was almost an externality of it. The, the yeah. actual truth was it that 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 was our attempt at reconnecting our fans with the club so that we're not always going to win every week that's impossible mm. but actually we will represent what you want us to it's basically we are your brand almost we're an extension of it so and that's where it's all well and good talking about brand and thinking about these snappy titles like the Yorkshire club but you actually have to then go and live it yeah. because ultimately it's it, your actions dictate what your brand is. You know? oh, and I say, that, you know, I go into companies a lot and work with them and they'll, they'll have a glossy new brochure, fabulous new website, and they'll say, oh, we've got our values in the, in, on the wall, Deborah, in reception. And you say, but do the staff know what, mm. what, what, ha, what does that look like in a behaviour? You can have the word, but what does it look like when you talk about integrity? What does it look like we're never going to give up? Yeah. And for you especially in your role but for you as a club I would always say it's, it's the pe- the brand is only as good as the people in 100%. it and you've got your personal brand so that's how each person shows up mm. but it's how they're communicating their personal brand but also the, the brand values of the club but for you in your role and um as I say, from from my times at Old Trafford as media manager mm. in, in professional sport, at Old Trafford cricket ground, I should say, <laughs> and made, made that clear, um, I know that actually personal branding is absolutely key in that it is breaking it down and sometimes we are human, we're all individuals, we're all different mm. and therefore one personal brand might not be the right person for the sponsor, the opportunity that you're looking at. And I would have thought that is a challenge that you face on a regular basis. Absolutely. Just to go back to what you said earlier as well about do do the people within your organisation actually know what your brand is and do they stand for it as well? Every football club in the country, and I reckon a lot of the businesses you work with outside football as well, will, will say... You say, what are you? What is your thing? And you say, oh, we're a family club or a family mm. organisation. And we actually stopped and said, what does that mean? Mm. What every you know, everyone wants to be that, but actually, how do you practice that? You know, yeah. and we talk about uh, the staff here, and I've I've been here fifteen. This is my fifteenth year, and I am nowhere near the longest serving member of staff at this football club. And mm. I think that's really good in in loads of ways. There's so much expertise within the the club, and people make it the home. You know, that's how. And they are our brand. They, they are the, the values embodied, you know. So I think a Subo oh, wanting Ka- a ticket office. Sue, but also Carl that's just, just been you talking know. About. <laughs> Carl, for people who don't know, is one of the uh, people who looks after operations at the training ground where yeah. we are. And we've got real challenges with the car parking at the moment. But Carl is a great embodiment of what we want this club to be and that he will go out of his way to help anyone. You know, he's, mm. he's just a great, honest bloke and he's, he's obviously helped you guys get in here no, today when it's not easy. Today. But yeah. that's what we want, you know. And that's, yeah. uh, like you said, in, in a sports sphere... You have a few key people within a sports organisation that are the real living embodiment of your your brand and your values. And at the football club, it's it, the main two people really are the chairman and the manager, yeah. who are the ones that are, were in the press conference room today. They're the ones sat at the top table. They are the ones that effectively communicate who you are and what you stand for on a regular mm. basis. So our manager does two press conferences a week. So he's doing a lot of FaceTime with the media. And I think this is why... 
and and I'm not going to blow smoke <laughs> up the chairman here, but this is why when we had to look for a new manager this time, he put a real emphasis on what the manager stands for as a person mm. and how that fits with what we stand for as an organisation. And you can see that with Danny Cowley now when oh. we talked mm. about some of the examples off, off air earlier. But Danny, he might not use this exact same language, but Danny... His, what he thinks good looks like in terms of not not on the pitch necessarily but what to stand for yeah. he is completely aligned with what we want this club to be about so I think and I can only speak for us field town fans because I am one and this is an mm. office I've worked but I honestly believe that if you commit to this place and you work hard that is nine tenths of success here if you yeah. give everything and, and our supporters can see you give everything whether you're on the pitch whether you're off it that goes a long long way and yeah. Danny will talk about that being an absolute key ethos of what he wants from his players. Yeah. Uh, the chairman, again, articulates this really well as a Huddersfield Town fan himself. You know, that th- there's a real synchronisation between what Danny thinks good looks like and what we think good looks like as an organisation. And that's why it's really early days and Danny's been here probably couple of months now but it looks like an amazing fit for us he's very good at his job which helps as well but but that bit extra that you talk about there I mean this is what and I I talk to say Oscar my son about this (laughs) I talk to young people when I, I go out and present but for me this whole business came from I was never the cleverest I was never the funniest you know I was I was always the one last to be picked in rounders and I had to find at a very early age a way of standing out Mm. and I realized that actually by just giving that 10% more Mm. by communicating with people and just working that little bit harder then there was something in that that Mm. that would take you that bit further and for me that's what personal branding is about mm. it's that going that bit further and and I think that's what um you you see I mean it's been said many times about Huddersfield Town even in the Premier League mm. on paper as as players you know from a, a talent point of mm. view they they may not have been the best but the extra bit yeah. that is brought and you can see that again I was going to say off air and I, I saved it but we we were early the other week to go to to come to the match and um, Danny Cowley was just coming in uh, to the staging before the match and Oscar spotted him and said oh you know can can I go and ask for a photograph and he didn't just stop and smile he put his arm around him and he asked him what he thought the score would be and he checked that I'd got the photograph because mum doesn't always press the right (laughs) button you know and uh, but his interaction and, and watching him you know again the work that the club do with the um, uh, breakfast clubs, mm. you know, the interaction with the children. And while I was watching him on the field at, at weekend on Saturday, shaking every child's hand or high-fiving them. And, and for me, that's more than... That's a decision that he's made long before he yeah. was... And I'm sure he was the same as a teacher mm. or whatever role of life he was in. He, he says himself, and he said it today again, that he he has made a conscious decision to see the best of every situation. Wow. And I actually think that... We can all learn from that, can't 100%, we? 100%, <laughs> yeah. I, I've, it sounds daft, but I've actually taken it on board because it's one of them things that you think about. You think, yeah, why not, actually? What a way to live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, It must be fantastic. So, yeah, I'm trying to adopt that. I think Danny's background also really helps for us. We, we talk now, Our one of the ways we describe ourselves is a working-class club. Mm-hmm. And that isn't to say that we're only we're only here for people who would consider themselves working class we've broken that down into three words Mm -hmm. so what does that mean to us Huddersfield is a working class area Mm -hmm. so we are absolutely uh, 
we recognize that totally in everything we do. So mm -hmm. our ticket pricing, for example, is very, very competitive compared to all our peers. But actually, that's right for Huddersfield. And I wouldn't suggest for a second that, as an example, Fulham or in a very different socioeconomic yeah. area should do what we do with pricing. It's, mm. it's right for us, not for everyone. But we price it because we want... Huddersfield Town means so much to uh, so many people in this area. We want them all to be able to come and watch. Yeah. And some still can. We've got to be rec mm. recognise that. But we are doing everything we can to balance the books and also make it so that people can come and watch. Uh, the class bit is that we want to... It's what we talked about earlier. We want to do the right thing. So show, show your class. So mm. do the, Phil says this all the time, the chairman. Do the right thing even when no one's watching. So yeah. it, you're not doing it for show. You're doing yeah. it because it's right, actually. That's a, I always think that's a great definition of integrity, Absolutely, actually. yeah. You know, it's when nobody's watching that you're still doing yeah, the right 100%. thing. Yeah, 100%. And the club bit is about recognising that, yes, we are a business, but it's a different type of business. And actually, when we say club, we don't mean the people on the pitch. We mean the people on the pitch, the staff, the people who work behind the scenes, the fans. Everyone's part of it. It's that club mentality as well. And we try and keep those three things at the mindset of everything we do mm -hmm. because we think then we'll get the right outcome. I think that... With all that in mind, one of the many strengths that Danny and Nikki have is where they've come from in their journey. So, as you referenced, they were teachers. Mm -hmm. And whilst they started their managerial career in football 13 years ago, they were still teachers. So when they were at Concord Rangers, their first team in non-league, and they had unbelievable success with, they would teach during the day. I think Danny was head of PE and, and Nikki was deputy head of it or something like that. But they, they went and did that during the day. Then they had to go and do the manager stuff in the evening. <laughs> Being at a club like Concord, who at the point they started would have been very small, volunteer only, mm. they've got a really good appreciation of what everyone does at this club now because they've probably done it at Concord. So yes, yeah. they understand the importance and how hard it is for the ticket office when we've had that really tough period mm. in the Premier League where we got relegated because they've probably done their jobs to a degree at Concord. Absolutely. They just they, they totally appreciate the sacrifices that fans make to come to the games as well. They just they have such a well-rounded view of not just football but how the world works, and it sounds ridiculous, but football does operate in a bubble sometimes, you know. Uh, and, and you know, when you're looking at professional sports people mm. as well, I can remember, and and you'll relate to this. Um, I'm going back many years, but there was a situation in the media where Andrew Flintoff had turned up at the airport without his passport, yep. and he got absolutely pilloried for it, and. Actually, because when, and, and I'm going back a long time, so this, you know, and cricket in those days was nothing like football, mm. but when a professional sportsman joined the club, we, we, took, we took care of all of that for yeah. them yeah. so that they could focus on what they were there to do. And therefore, it's, it's that management of that, but it's that understanding of how different it is. Mm. And, you know, that, that can be difficult at times, especially when you you're talking about young 18, 19, 20-year-old players. And, and I know I did some work with, with the young players um, yeah. a couple of years ago. And what I admire is the recognition of it's off the field and it's the way they develop their brands off yeah. the field as well as on the field. The Premier League was really interesting for me from that point of view mm. in that it was a fantastic thing so for the club for the town actually I think as well I think it did some wonderful things it really re-energized the town in many ways they yeah. really I have to say I thought the council did a really good job of getting on board with us and kind of really embracing the fact that we were all of a sudden on a worldwide stage but it challenged our brand and what we were about because immediately when you get into the Premier League it 
it changes your scale of things as well. So overnight, you get 90-odd million quid from the Premier League yeah. into your business, into your club. Um, and it changes who the people are that work here. So I'm going to talk about that as the players are people who work here. Yeah. We went from a... Obviously, when David Wagner came in, we, we changed the demographic of our players slightly, so we had quite a German influence. Mm-hmm. But actually, in terms of values and, and how they present their personal brand, they're quite au fait with people from Yorkshire, actually. The, a lot of the values we talked about to start yes, with, about being yeah. forthright, honest, having integrity, yeah. working hard, we found that people from German football leagues really fit that ethos, actually. And again, that was... One of the reasons, among many, that we did so well under David is that they really gelled well. David said that he thought that the energy and the enthusiasm and the skill that English players had was really complemented well by the professionalism of the German players. But they almost kind of shared the same Mm -hmm. ethos otherwise. When you get to the Premier League, it opens up this whole new world of not just... uh, the club to the world in terms of broadcast, but we obviously did recruitment from areas that we've never done before. Mm. And it really challenges what your core values are there because we, we'd talked about being the Yorkshire club before and we actually changed that when we reached the Premier League because you realise that Yorkshire is a very kind of colloquial <laughs> local reference yes. and we felt like over the course of that eight years we'd really reconnected with our fans using that brand mm-hmm. and now we had the opportunity to talk about Huddersfield and Huddersfield Town to a worldwide audience. If mm-hmm. you're watching in China, what does Yorkshireness mean to you? It means nothing. Yeah. Well, so, I remember listening to you talking at an event about the Egypt, the Egyptian yeah, yeah, connection. So, like the, That's a great example. So we signed a player, we still have him on the books actually, called Ramadan Sobe, mm-hmm. who had played for Stoke City in England, not it done okay, not tremendously in, mm. with respect to Ramadan, um, but he is one of the household names of sport in Egypt. So overnight we had, and I wouldn't quote the exact numbers here, but literally millions of people suddenly switched on to Huddersfield Town because we had a, a real kind of nationwide star on our books. At the and thing. that's a personal brand, isn't it? The power <laughs> of a personal brand to the organisation. You're not wrong, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Ramadan, to, to put that into perspective, Ramadan has more followers on social media than the club does, wow. tenfold, yeah. tenfold. Yeah. It's, it's a nation following him, you know, and it was it was a real eye-opener for us. We knew, we knew, we had an idea that that might be the case, but actually living it, it was absolutely incredible. And we, we investigated a lot of things at that point about um, hiring a social media agency to work on our behalf in Egypt. And, and mm. obviously, when you're looking at it with your business hat on, you're talking about how you commercialise that and that presence into mm. something tangible. And unfortunately, things didn't quite work out because Ramadan didn't play a, an awful lot. He's now out on loan, so silly. But it's things like that's a great example where all of a sudden it changed what we're about. And actually, can you, like you said, the, the, the Premier League and, and the personal brand of Premier League football is actually... I, I'm going to say this because I've worked in this sphere. I think it's grossly unfair, but it's not a good one. I mean, yeah. you probably back no, that up. Yeah. The idea that the and, and you mentioned this earlier about, uh, I would say this: try and put yourself in the shoes of someone who uh, comes from a different country, maybe, or, or this country as well, who's been in a football sphere at an elite club from the age of twelve. Mm. I'd probably be different, and my values might be different if I'd yeah. been that person compared to the. I grew up in Dewsbury and <laughs> you know I, I'm not going to be naive enough to sit here and say no I would be exactly the same and my yeah. values would not change yeah. and I ought to yeah. it must change you you know and that's not me criticising that way of life it's, it's just a different experience. upbringing yeah of course it is you, you're moulded by physics. your experiences yeah, yeah of course yeah and when we got there you know we signed players from France from Holland from everywhere and what does it mean to them to, you know, what is Huddersfield Town to them? and what That's the a cultural thing as well, though, yeah. It? And actually, yeah. with hindsight, I'm going to say that it was a real challenge, you know, and and mm-hmm. and, and it's uh, 
it's, it is for many clubs when they get promoted to the Premier League. You can see it, you know, it changes the, the outlook. But we wanted to, we were really, really keen and, and we thought it was vital to what had made Huddersfield Town special over that eight-year period to get us to the Premier League that we kept hold of. So mm. the, the, there's also a perception, and, and rightly so, that when Premier League teams, if you're a supporter of Manchester City, as an example, how connected can you truly feel with Sergio Aguero, as mm. an example? Because mm. he is one of the world stars of football. He feels like he's on a, almost on a, a mountaintop yeah, and yeah. you can admire him, but can you actually feel connected to him? Do you feel like mm. you have an interpersonal relationship with him? One of the small things we did, which I wouldn't ever say it was me driving it as a brand thing, but I was a huge advocate of it, is mm. when we win a game and, mm. and the David, we did that kind of wave towards yeah, the, the fans ju- and yeah. stuff. That was one little way of having that connection with the fans where they felt like part of it and they felt like they had a relationship with mm. the players. And it, it's not a true one, you know, they're not travelling to the game together and all that, but it, it's one way that you could feel like you were part of the same team, that club that we talked about, that you yeah. were all part of the same club. That they and weren't. you'll forgive a lot, won't you? Exactly, yeah. If you'll you... forgive a lot if, you know, you look at, and again, I don't want to talk about because this isn't about football, it's yeah, about sorry, personal yeah, branding. No, but yeah. no, it is because yeah. we're both passionate about it. Mm. But you look at some of the players, Kachunga I'm thinking of, that um, has, has given so much and has yeah. had that connection and he's very good on social media. Yeah. And therefore, you know, and he works so hard mm. on, on the field that people will forgive him. And, and I don't know Absolutely. if I've ever shared this with you, but I have a story that I share, and this is the power of personal branding. So I travel up and down the country, as you know, uh, sharing on the stage about personal brand. And the story I often open with as a perfect example goes back to Blackburn Rovers, <laughs> um, New Year's Day, three years ago, I think. And um, Oscar and I were waiting for Paul to finish his shift. And he'd said, hang back as it's New Year's Day. Mm. And we were sat waiting and the players all came past. And, you know, it had been a very, I think it was a one-all draw, very average game. <laughs> and the players were ready to get home and they all mm. walked past us and nobody interacted with us. And as they came out, Casey Palmer mm. and... Uh, Elias Kachunga came out and they made eye contact with Oscar and they were his favourite players at the time <laughs> and he looked at me as if to say you know mummy will you will you take a picture will you ask for a selfie and I thought oh so I did and they were brilliant with him and they spoke to him and they said happy new year and off they went and I turned to Oscar and I said wow that was cool wasn't it and he said no mummy that wasn't cool and I thought mm, okay and he said that might be the best day of my life oh. <laughs> and you know in two minutes Mm. they had just changed his perspective on but you know on a more mercenary point of view shall we say they didn't know that I have connections so I emailed I emailed Dean the chairman at the time I emailed Sean Jarvis and said what great ambassadors they are of Huddersfield Town so all of a sudden that personal brand is is growing on social media so I think that individual uh, control that you can take of the impact you make is, is massive and that's where your alignment's so important so mm. we should it's easy for me to say this in my role but we should recruit footballers who see the value in that mm. and this is where it's a it's a fundamental core belief that that's not something it, you can you can advise people and teach them and mold them to a degree and there's some very young adults in our squad who you know mm. and, and class up to early 20s who are still I know I'm a very different person than I was in my early 20s now. You know, Absolutely, you learn a lot yeah. there. But yeah. uh, but it's a fundamental belief, isn't it? You see mm. the value in that. And actually, you don't need to be told, Elias Casey, go and see that young lad yeah. who's been waiting for you. Yeah. You just actually know it's... The right you, thing You see the do. value in it, you know, yeah. that's the thing. I think when it's really interesting 
when we do our job and you've obviously done it as well and, and still about briefing players and things like that and we, we make a real conscious effort to brief our players ahead of doing press commitments as little as possible. So okay. at the start of the season we, we have a, a, a big sit down with them. We're lucky enough we go away in pre-season with mm. them not because we fancy going abroad, but actually when they're in that isolation, it's a perfect time to kind of get messages across to them because they can't go home or think, oh, I want to get off or do whatever. It's great because you're kind of in that bubble Bubble. and you can talk Mm -hmm. to people about Mm -hmm. things. And we present club values to to everyone and we say this is what Huddersfield Town is, this is what it stands for. You know, so they have a real good understanding of the club that they have perhaps just joined then and, and what we are about and you speak to Christopher Schindler, who's another fantastic yeah. fella, and he has a re- he could tell you all day about. It. He came from 1860 Munich, mm-hmm. uh, and there's two major clubs in in Munich, and Bayern Munich are the one everyone knows. Yes, 1860 yeah. are the one that come from the. If you speak to Chris, the working class area, and they're very similar in how they position themselves to how we are. So Chris totally understood what 1860 stood for, and we want our players to understand that too, because ultimately, if they do, and they have the same beliefs as us, they don't need briefing. No, because they will articulate the right values and the right brand image that we are looking for from our Without footballers. Without it sounding like a soundbite. Precisely. And I w- mm. and we, we speak to, we, like every football club now, we, we consider ourselves a content producer. So in the same way that we still operate with BBC Radio Leeds and the Examiner to mm. widen our reach and to do specific things, we produce our own content now. Because mm. like everyone does, you know, you've got your own website, you've got your own social media, you can build your own audience. One of my fundamental instructions to, to my team and, I'm very lucky. I've got some really great people who I work with, and my view is that I will kind of give them an idea and then get out of the way and let them execute it. But is let's show the players' personalities because they've got footballers have this idea of being, you know, professional footballers are thought of well, to be honest with you, outside, mm-hmm. particularly outside football circles, yeah. you know, money hungry, kind of don't care, yeah. mercenaries, and that's 100% not the case with our, our set of players. And we want our fans to see that. So we want them, I don't want them parroting out lines that I've told them two minutes before they go into yeah. the press conference. I want them to articulate their own thoughts mm. in their own words. And if we've got the, the first bit right, their thoughts should be congruent with ours. Absolutely, and I think yeah. it's interesting. We, we talked, Danny, heart back to Danny Cowley again here. I'll give you an example. He told a story about one of our young lads called Janino Bakuna at the moment. He was 22. He's from Holland. Janino has a very young son mm. and his son lives in Holland and very man Janino lives here. So mm. he doesn't see his son an awful lot. And Janino, probably by his own admission, had a, a tough start to this season. He had a great end to last season, had a tough start to this season. And fans, and I, I'm the same as a fan as well, you view footballers as footballers. You kind of forget the the people element to it as well. So people were annoyed because Janino hadn't had a great start to the season. And then Danny told a story about, he said um, he had a really good game and he said, "What you know, what, talk about Janino, what's his situation? He was great at the weekend after a tough start. And he said, well, yeah, because I'm not saying it's down to this, but... We talked to the people to get to know them and Janino was mentioning it missed his son oh. and he hasn't seen him for a few mm. months because he's been training here all the time and been really hectic. So they gave him two days off to go see his son yeah. and he came back and then all of a sudden now his performances have, have, are on a different level. And Danny told that story and I don't think he did it with this intention but he told that story in the press conference and I, we monitor the forums really closely and, and see the feeling social media. And you almost felt like people went, oh man, he's a person. You kind of forget yeah. the, the human element to it. You just see him as footballers. And it almost bought him time, not that he needed it because Ginny was flying now, but it, people kind of it readjusted their views on what he was. And they, they went from being the Dutch footballer who wasn't performing to the level that we know he can mm. to the 22-year-old lad who's got a son that he doesn't see who's had a really tough time of it. And that's 
it were really powerful and completely unintentional, I think, in the side. But it, that's... It's that's, the human element, isn't it? And that's it? the bit that, that people forget, yeah. you know. I think that and, and when you talk about... Well, we're here today to talk about personal branding. Mm. The, fo- the, the footballers all have their own personal brand. We want it to sync with the football club brand as well. But actually, that human element is really important to the, the stuff we put out because I think it actually grows that connection that we're looking for as a club between the players and the and the fans. They all of a sudden feel like they understand that player and they have that yeah. kind of connection with them. You know? And it's, it's that vulnerability as well a little bit. You know, I've talked about this on some of the other podcasts, but when you see that chink of mm. human yeah. personality, emotion, whatever it may be, then people buy into that. And as a result of that, you know, that the players are agents of the club, if you like. They buy into Huddersfield Town as a club or a business, just as you would do with people that work for any other organisation. But that human element, for them as people, their own personal brands, when they, you know, football career is limited Mm. or, you know, contracts can be limited as well. And I can remember when I came and worked uh, with some of the younger players and and one of them, one of the coaches coming in and saying, you know, listen to Deborah, this is really important because whatever you're doing on the field, you'll all be much much of a muchness, mm. but it's this stuff that you're doing outside it that if there's two of you sat in front of the chairman in a couple of years mm. and one of you's going to get the job, then it's the one that can articulate the values, that can pitch up at a, a breakfast club and communicate with the kids. It's the one that the sponsors are wanting to represent their brand because they align with values. So, um, you know, it's, it's massive. The, I mean, the, the academy is the sphere you're talking about, mm. which is our... It's under 23s, but largely a lot of our academy players are under 18. So mm. there's still... One of the big fulcrums of that is not just to develop footballers, but to develop people, because yeah. unfortunately, uh, only a, a small percentage of the people within professional academies actually go on and have a career in football. So mm-hmm. at, the, at the time that we're teaching them to play football and to understand all that area of things, we're, we're also teaching them option how to become better people and and what might be when football perhaps doesn't work out for them as well and that's i think you're absolutely right to to be able to articulate you know talk in front of an audience is a massive skill you know i I remember when i went to i went to leeds what was leeds metropolitan at the time and they wouldn't i'll never forget this they went into one of the meetings they told me is that the reason you should come to leeds met and not oxford is because they do a lot more practical presenting i'm like "Mm, okay yeah (laughs) like it was an option for me but but um but but in a way it stuck with me because they are right because you can be as erudite as you want on paper but speaking in an audience and that's where again danny being a teacher i think is a massive boost i mean it's interesting david wagner was a teacher as well and there might be something in that yeah so but but being able to because if you ask danny coaching footballers is almost like a teaching role i always find this don't want to get too specific on football today but um that the idea that football managers have to be ex-players i think is is a nonsense and i can understand the argument that you understand the game because you've lived it and you've been in it and things but it's a completely different job to play football to actually then teach others to play football there's much more of a a familiarity and a similarity between a teaching job than there is playing something you know i i can eat food but i'm not a chef (laughs) it's coaching isn't it yeah it's it's about what you do in in a sense or one of the many things you do is is to is to teach people a skill to knowing the skill yourself are two completely different jobs and the two you you always hark back to what's good in your sphere don't you and the two that we've had that are really good are career teachers or have had that background so that's always been really interesting to me so the schoolboy david (laughs) if you'd have told him that he would be on the board of Huddersfield Town one day 
How would he have reacted? I wouldn't have believed you because yeah. it never, it, honestly, it wasn't a career aspiration. It feels yeah. so like being a footballer, but getting to, well, working for a football club and then ending up mm. on the board of directors of the football club feels like such a niche thing and something that's not truly realistic. Mm. Um, so I wouldn't have believed you at all. But it, it's one of the, I'm going to, I'm always going to talk positively of this club because it's, it's my club and it's done so well for me. But I genuinely believe it's one of the wonderful things about this football club is that you can, and I say this to anyone that's going to start work here, I think to work in football, you have to like football. I genuinely believe that because it's, it encompasses your life. And I'm, I'm sure it's the same for Paul as well because he works six days a week a lot of the time and he's away Been on a Saturday. plenty of weddings on my own. 100%, as, as my wife has as well. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, yeah. it's, it's, she's unbelievably understanding that kind of our holidays and social life operates on like a football seasonal calendar and she's unbelievably understanding. I'm forever grateful for that. But it's it does take over your life to a degree and, and it's hard work, you know, like the, you, you work some ungodly hours and you do all that stuff. But if you're willing to do all that, then the payoff is tremendous because we're not a big organisation still, you know. If you take the players out of the equation, there's probably about... 60 of us or something that work here and that includes the the people at the foundation you know the coaches who are delivering the breakfast clubs and the coaching programs to kids it's not a massive team but i say this to everyone that starts work with us you can make a real impact here so if i'd taken that job at kpmg and ended up doing that i'd have been a really really small piece of a massive international organization and to be honest if i don't turn up for a week the world doesn't end you know i'm not saying it does here but you can what you do here makes a real impact makes a real yeah. difference and again when we talk about personal values and the people being your brand everyone we employ here from uh carla we talked about earlier to the chairman to the manager to the players it's so so important to me that that they live and breathe your brand because they are making a massive impact on what your organization does you know so I, i've been dead fortunate here to to play a part in that and i love it and i still love it every single day and the the one thing I'm dead keen not to do is become institutionalised because I've been here for so long not to just do something because that's how we've always done it, yeah. you know. Particularly in my sphere because it's involves communication and social media and it's ever changing. And I'm I'm 35, I had to think then for a second, but I'm 35 and I'm the oldest person in our department, barring three people. But there are 10 in our department, and a lot of the people who do the comms side of it are all early 20s, mid 20s because it's so. It evolves all the it's time, evolving. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. And, and it's dynamic. I need their help because I'm I'm useless on some of the stuff that they're real experts at, you know. So it's, but yeah, I wouldn't have believed you, and I'm I'm so so fortunate that I get to come here every day. I'd, I'd never want it to wear off or get old or become normal. Yeah, you know? well, I think you've been very um, humble there, David. I mean, I it, you've I, done I, a fabulous I'm, job over the uh, years, thank and you. I just want to say congratulations again, and and thank you so much for sharing so much today, because it's a real privilege for me to hear a little bit, and and I hope even if people aren't football fans or Huddersfield Town fans to hear, see that insight, because everybody has an awareness of football and see how. You know, there are so many parallels to, to real life. Uh, thank you, Deborah. I mean, I, I hope it isn't too football-specific for people who don't care a jot about football at all, but I genuinely believe that, like, a lot of the things we do here, that football's behind in some ways, actually, and, and some of the superb organisations that people work in day-to-day -day are, are great at this stuff, and we're almost playing catch-up to a degree, but it's only with hindsight now that I've realised how important culture and brand and, and actually living and breathing that every day is to success, and I think that's one of the things we've got right here particularly in recent mm. years is that we've the people we have in situ absolutely live and breathe that and that's across any organization whether you work in retail in 
you know, whatever you do, yeah. that the people who work with you and for you fundamentally buy into what your organisation is about. And, and yeah, that's it's worked here and that's what you always heart back to, isn't it? So Long may it continue. Absolutely, hey. yeah. Thank you, Deborah. Coming next time on On Brand With. And one of the um, real pleasures of my job is to push somebody when they're ready to be pushed. You know, when they when I see somebody getting in their own way and it's just a matter of actually, come on, you know, you can absolutely do this. Let's let's do it. I've got your back. Yeah. And, and then seeing the results at the other side, seeing them cross that bridge, phoning me up, texting me going, oh, my God. This is amazing. Oh, I do, I do. And you, that never gets dull, does it? I hope you've enjoyed today's conversation. I'd love you to join in the conversation as well. And the best way to do that is through social media. I can be found on Instagram and Twitter at DO underscore impact. And if you'd like to sign up to my newsletter or know more about my work, please go to my website at deborahogden.com. Tune in for further episodes and please subscribe and share with your colleagues and friends if you've enjoyed this podcast. Thanks for listening to On Brand With. It was hosted by Deborah Ogden and produced by me, Anthony Short. This has been an A Short Stories production.